Nancy Chen's article, Qi in Asian Medicine, is a helpful overview of the concept of qi in Chinese, Korean, and Japanese medicine, beginning in pre-modern times. She starts out by uh, noting that the concept of qi is found in many different Asian tr medical traditions. We, uh, in Euro-North American traditions, have come to think of qi as referring to the flow of energy or spirit or breath that animates living, be living beings, she said. And she begins the article by summarizing the different um, meanings that the word qi had in early China. She says that it's used in a range of words. The, the, the character qi or the word qi in Chinese language is used in all kinds of words that describe different entities, including the atmosphere, the environment, flavors, feelings, or emotional state. In early Taoist texts, she notes that qi is an elemental force that shapes both the universe and individual bodies. It comes in many different forms and is cultivated by the individual through breathing and special exercises. So in this uh, chapter of a book, this article, she gives us an overview of what we know about qi, uh, the practice of qi and knowledge about qi across different diverse healing uh, modalities and theories of the body in Asia. In Asian medicine, qi, she, she says, is an entity that flows and brings vital energy to organs and channels, which are sometimes called in English meridians, that it travels through or lives in. And so the cultivation of qi, most significantly by breathing and by movement of the body, is a critical exercise in uh, well-being. As the concept of qi traveled throughout Asia, this article helps us understand how each system of knowledge is different from each other, how the different systems are different from each other, and also how over history these concepts changed quite a bit. She starts by talking about how qi is important for views of the body and medical practice in Asia, Asia, in East Asia, beginning with Chinese medicine, and then she talks about how it's later transmitted to Korean and Japanese formations of medicine. She also then will talk about Ayurvedic medicine in South Asia, Unani medicine, and also Tibetan medicine, each of which have um, similar concepts to qi um, uh, or energy that, uh, or breath that um, exists throughout the body and is critical to cultivate, is important to cultivate and monitor as a health practice. So first of all, as far as um, Chinese medicine, it's important to note, it, to note that uh, there are differences between broader traditions of Chinese medicine uh, and the more recent formulation of uh, TCM or traditional Chinese medicine. So TCM is a tradition that um, was only systematized during the late during the 1950s in mainland China as Tibet. Uh, TCM colleges and publications of medical texts and laboratory research practices and standardization of knowledge occurred at that time. So we should be careful of um, 
we should sort of take note when we hear about Chinese medicine, whether people are talking about this kind of standardized, relatively recent tradition of Chinese medicine, or whether we're talking about a general sort of historical understanding of healing practices in China, which um, for which we have texts going all the way back to the second century before the Common Era. So Nancy Chen in this article summarized some of those very early uh, texts of Chinese medicine and the different attitudes that those texts had about um, qi or energies and their relation to healing. In general, through these different traditions, though, the, it's the movement of qi throughout the body that determines health, whereas the cessation of this movement means death or pathology. She then moves on to talk about forms of Korean medicine that evolved alongside localized uh, traditions of herbal healing indigenous to that area with, um, with the traditions that were brought primarily by Buddhist monks who focused on healing. And so this hybrid system of indigenous herbal medicine and a kind of Buddhist healing practice um, is what became the foundation of traditional Korean medicine. Uh, later then, during the 5th and 6th centuries, Chinese medicine was introduced to Japan, again by many travelers uh, in, from into Japan, including court emissaries, physicians, but also monks, Buddhist monks. And Japanese medicine then developed as um, an offshoot of Chinese medical theory, but with a lot of influence also from Buddhist uh, or Zen practice. The integrated form of Chinese medicine in Japan is called kampo, uh, and so qi, uh, qi then in Japanese is called ki, and ki in contemporary kampo medicine is described, Nancy Chen says on page 7, as a vital energy that allows the mind and body to function appropriately, which may correspond to the activities of the central nervous system and the autonomic nervous system. The functioning of qi can be disturbed by psych psychosocial stressors. Today, TCM mainly involves practices such as acupuncture, moxibustion, herbal medicine, dietary therapy, massage, and finally qigong. Ideas about qi, the cultivation and flow of qi throughout the body are important to each of these uh, different practices. And ideas of something like qi, energetic, uh, an energetic force that moves throughout the body are also important in other Asian traditions of medicine. So Nancy Chen's article then moves on to discuss briefly Ayurvedic traditions, Unani, and Tibetan forms of medicine, each of which have some concept of vitality or energy that flows throughout the body that's a critical part of uh, the medical and healing tradition. So she first talks about Ayurveda and the idea of prana, which is considered, as we know, to be the breath of life or something quite close to qi, although that's something that we have discussed already in this course. Um, she, she talks about how this concept of prana, this substance or energy prana, is understood in Ayurveda to flow through these subtle channels throughout the body. 
and that there are uh, different kinds of prana, five forms of prana, which um, sustain bodily processes like circulation, digestion, elimination, speech, and movement. Pranayama, then, is the practice, like Qigong, of nurturing this prana initially through breathwork and breath control techniques, and then also through different kinds of physical movements. Chen's article then moves to discuss Unani medicine, which uh, is also practiced in Ayurveda, but which is uh, derived from Greco-Islamic medical knowledge. And she moves finally to discuss Tibetan medicine, which is another tradition that um, developed through the exchange of materials and ideas um, shared along the Silk Roads by traveling practitioners, Buddhist monks, and physicians, and other traders. Um, and she points out that Tibetan medicine is unique among these traditions in that it incorporates theories from very many sources of knowledge, including Ayurvedic uh, knowledge, ancient Greek knowledge, Persian and Central Asian knowledge, and also Chinese medicine. Tibetan medicine also has a concept of vital energy, a little bit different than qi. Tibetan medicine understands the body to be based on three vital humors, like the Ayurvedic humors, and these are wind, bile, and phlegm. And so the closest uh, quality in Tibetan medicine to qi or prana is the concept of wind as one of the three humors. This article concludes with a few comments about the global Qigong movement and these ideas of self-cultivation that became very popular during the late 20th century, um, especially in China itself. So Qigong, the practice of breathwork and healing through cultivating the Qi, became immensely popular form of exercise and healing in urban contexts in China, Nancy Chen says on page 9. She points out that qigong was understood as fostering the movement of qi throughout the body, either by a kind of internal visual visualization and meditation practice, or and or through external bodily practices that involve physical movement. And then finally, she concludes by noting that although, as the article has um, pointed out, there are many differences between the different medical traditions in Asia and their understanding of vital energy, what's shared across all of these systems is a sense of disease as imbalance, <clears throat> the image of the body as a microcosm of the broader environment. So there's a connection between the what's called the microcosm of the body and the macrocosm of the larger environment or the cosmological order. And finally, there's an emphasis in all these traditions on the importance of vitality and flow of energy throughout the body um, as something that uh, we need to maintain through movement and breathing in particular. So these are some shared um, concepts uh, that Asian medical systems might be said to have if we sort of generalize um, 
their commonalities. And then as we'll learn through our different readings, there are many uh, differences in each of these traditions too.